This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I get to welcome back my friend, Dr. Roger Erdvig. Roger is the headmaster at Wilmington Christian School in Northern Delaware. With a doctorate in education from Liberty University, Roger also serves as an adjunct professor in the Church Leadership and Theology Department at the University of Valley Forge. He's also a speaker and a consultant on topics such as leadership, worldview development, and effective teaching. Roger is a co-author of a book entitled Bring It to Life, Christian Education and the Transformative Power of service learning. Roger has been married to Lori for 28 years, and they have five children, and I am thrilled to have you back on the podcast. Yeah, great to be with you. All right. So, Roger, what passage do you have for us today? Yep. Passage uh, right deep in the book of Isaiah, uh, right almost in the middle of the book, Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 18. And in the English Standard Version, it says, therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. That's an amazing verse. I know I've read the book of Isaiah, but I have like no memory of this verse. So Roger, you're going to have to bring us all along here. I love what it said, but help us learn more. Put this verse in your own words. What's this verse showing us? Yeah. Basically, the Lord is sitting on the edge of his seat, even with his most rebellious children, longing to give compassion and mercy to them. And the the broader context of this was uh, a time in Israel's history uh, where they were facing the imminent threat. And I I read in in one commentator uh, that there was a dark shadow looming menacingly on the eastern horizon of (laughs) Israel. That sounds menacing, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 it sounds terrible. But it's true. It was the nation of Assyria, and they were just ready to invade, to just overrun and overwhelm the people of God. And uh, those Israelites, instead of having their first uh, response be to call on the Lord, they immediately began looking for who they could turn to for help. And they looked to their old nemesis, Egypt, believe it or not, they look to Egypt for help. And so this is coming in in a series of chapters where the prophet Isaiah uh, is ministering God's word of of judgment and warning to God's people. And uh, right smack dab in the middle of this, we get this, this, uh, this drawing, this pulling to God because of his mercy and the compassion that he longs to show to his people, even in spite of the times when they rebel. So it's a really dark time for the nation of Israel, God's people in the Old Testament, and they are not looking to the Lord for help. They're looking at other sources to make life work, to fix their problem. And right in the middle of that context, this verse comes up, and I want to go ahead and read it again, Roger, because it's not that familiar. Yeah. This is Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. Here's what God's word says. Therefore, the Lord is waiting to show you mercy and is rising up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a just God. All who wait patiently for him are happy. So Roger, help me connect the dots here. It says the Lord is waiting to show compassion because he's a just God. 
So which is it? Is it, are they getting compassion here or are they getting justice? I mean, how do these things go together? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, such a great question. And that was really, that in microcosm is the big picture of what originally drew me to this scripture in such a way where it, it came alive and uh, has, has so profoundly stuck with me. And, and here's what that is. I think many people, when they look at the Old Testament and, and, and kind of pick out pieces of what they see of the character of God from the Old Testament can look at him as kind of this vengeful, wrathful, divine being looking to mete out punishment on uh, mankind. And uh, as I was studying that to try and help people understand the full picture of who God was, that's actually when I stumbled on this verse where it shows that God's a God of justice, meaning he gives to people what they deserve. And yet in at the same time, the, the, the amazing thing about our God, the true God, is that he satisfies the demands of justice by giving of himself. And this is just, it still blows me away. I mean, I've been walking with the Lord my entire life and it still uh, just profoundly impacts me that as God looks at me, and I could be just like the Israelites, maybe not in the same context, but he calls them in other parts of, of uh, chapter 30, he calls them stubborn children. He, he calls them uh, ones who have rebelled. And that was me. And unfortunately, even at times, that still can be me. And so I know I deserve uh, to be punished for that. I deserve negative consequences in my life as a result of the choices I made to step out of God's gracious provision for me. But even in those times, and this is where uh, God's justice is so multifaceted because he absorbs the punishment that should be ours and grants us mercy in return. It points us right to the gospel. And that, that I just love this right in Isaiah, pointing us to this idea that though we deserve judgment, God's mercy is there such that he even embraces the, the punishment through Christ that we deserve and he longs to pour out his compassion to us. Mm. He longs to pour out that mercy. So if someone listening today, Roger, is hearing this and it's striking them kind of in a new way, what are some good next steps for this person to dive into more discovery of what you're talking about? Yeah, I like to look at this, this uh, key scripture as an interpretive lens through which to read other scriptures. And by that, I mean, it's almost like putting on a pair of eyeglasses hmm. that have justice and mercy written on them so that wherever you look, you see the words justice and mercy. And what I would encourage people to do that are really trying to absorb this into their lives as a part of their walk, as a part of their discipleship, is go back to scripture with a justice and mercy dual kind of focused lens on their glasses so that as they're reading, say, God, show me your justice in this passage and show me your merciful provision of forgiveness and grace mm -hmm. in this passage. And uh, just approaching scripture with not an either or, but a both and together, I think can make a really powerful impact on how people view God and how they read scripture and how they are brought to the foot of the cross, to the gospel in every situation. Because really this is the heart of the gospel. So where are some other places in God's word that listeners could turn to put those glasses on of mercy and justice, like you just said, and read more about what Christ has done for us? 
So one of the places where I think this justice, mercy, dual lens can really help us see the fullness and the gospel orientation of all of Scripture would be Titus uh, chapter 2, verse 11, where it says, The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, and that's kind of the justice piece, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. And it goes on to talk about the the appearing of Christ. When I read this with the justice mercy lens, I see that the justice part has been provided for us in salvation. But what really changes us is not fearful expectation of judgment, but actually it's God's grace. As we meditate on the gospel and his grace and mercy extended to us through Christ, that's what trains me to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. That's what trains me to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, where it's pretty hard to do that at times. So this is a great example of looking at scripture with the justice, mercy lens, and seeing how it can empower and transform our discipleship so that we ultimately become more like Christ in how we live. So today in the podcast, we've talked about the two lenses of justice and mercy through which we look at the gospel. And we've also have two different passages. Roger, I think this is a first. So today we're discussing two favorite verses. We've got Isaiah 30, 18, and also you mentioned Titus 2, 11. So that's great. Lot to think about, lot to look up when the podcast is over. Appreciate your being with us today, Roger. Would you just close our time by praying for our listeners? Lord, I come to you on behalf of all my friends uh, who might be listening to this podcast, who are processing through the implications of the gospel in everyday life. And Lord, I just pray that we would see you as a God that rises, that is eager to show us compassion in the midst of your justice, which you embraced thoroughly on the cross. Lord, the gospel is so beautiful, and I pray that it would teach us to say no to ungodliness, no to worldly passions, and live fully committed lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.